Welcome back. Uh, I spent uh, the last couple of days watching and then re-watching one of the most remarkable documentaries I've ever seen. I've seen a lot of documentaries. It is called Hot Shot. It is the work mainly of Gabriel Mann, who is the writer, director, cinematographer. And I'm assuming, Gabriel, welcome to the show, that you are also the narrator. Are you narr- Do you narrate the film, too? Yes, sir. Uh, thanks for having me on, by the way. Uh, don't be silly. Um, I... Go ahead. You're in Italy now. Yeah, You're like... in Italy now, right? Yeah, yeah, lucky, lucky, lucky you. Uh, this movie, yeah, thanks, also on the phone, is one of the producers of the film, uh, an old friend of mine and friend of the show and a talented actor, director, and now producer, uh, Phil Donlin. Phil, welcome. How are you? Rick, Rick, I'm doing great. Thank you for having us on. Well, Gratefully indebted as always. Don't be silly. This, this, this. I would do anything for you if you if you two guys had made a you know a documentary about old heckle and Jekyll cartoons. I'd have you on. But this now, thing now, Rick. By the by the way, I just want to interrupt. Ernie Hudson is not in this. He's not. You had a no, fall. He's not. You had a terrible falling out with him, <laughs> did you? You had a terrible falling out with Ernie Hudson, who will do anything Phil wants. Gabriel, this film it was six years in the making. Uh, it takes the full measure of one of the strangest professions and most dangerous professions I've ever encountered. I did not know what a hot shot was. Describe what a hot shot is and does, please. To put it simply, a hot shot is someone who puts out a wildfire without water. And so you can just see if you know nothing about wildfire, yeah. you can imagine just how difficult and dangerous and impossible that task might be. And look, you're not alone. Nobody knows what hot shots do. I know. That's part of the issue. Part of the reason that nobody knows what they do is they are a special uses crew. They're sort of like, you know, they always roll their eyes when they say this, but they're like the Navy SEALs of wildland fires, so they get sent to the hottest, most remote, dangerous, difficult, and treacherous parts of the fire. So they're usually deep in the wildland. Nobody ever sees them doing the work, the real work, of putting out these fires out in the middle of nowhere. And so that's part of why it took me so long to capture this, because they're just impossible to find. You, you have to be physically fit enough to get to where they go, uh, and the training that they do is, I mean, it's really well, sort of like the Navy SEALs. Yeah, and you follow them through their training, too. It, the other quiet element of this documentary is it is kind of uh, a love story. You you were in love and in a relationship with one of the women who manages one of these teams. Uh, how did you meet um, we, we just met through mutual friends, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and the thing is, she never wanted to talk about wildfires. She never wanted to talk about her job. It's a very difficult job, and the reality is, uh, it's it's a male profession. Yeah. So she was definitely an outsider, and and it was very difficult for her to get in. But then we had a fire breakout behind our house mm. in Santa Clarita, California, and so I had a front row seat to. The, what looked like the end of the world. I mean, it was like a Hieronymus Bosch painting. Yeah. Incredible. And mm. so I just ran up the hill in my backyard with a camera and filmed it. And, you know, there's there's something that happens to people when they see wildfire 
up close. We are primitively connected to it, and it, it's they, they call it the firebug. Once you see it, you can't look away. So that was sort of the, the start of my journey. What had you done before? This cannot possibly be your first cinematic venture. What's your background? Uh, I, well, I, I actually, the, the, the first movie that I ever shot was the, the movie in which I met Phil. Uh, we we made a baseball movie called High and Outside. And I love that movie. Talk. You were. Oh, great. You were. Yes. It's a great movie. Yeah, that's where I cut my teeth. Thank you. And so, look, that, that was my first foray, but I wouldn't consider myself a documentarian mm-hmm. at all. I just happened to have unique access to this subject matter and unique access to the Hotshot family. Yeah. It put me in a bit of a privileged position to be able to understand their tactics, where they go, how they get there, and I was able to track them down. But uh, I ha- I'll be honest, but I do commercial work mostly. That's fine. <laughs> I, I also I have to assume I have to assume that that your former girlfriend, former relationship, and her her buddies on this team were not eager to have you follow them or talk to them or do anything with them. They they seem remote they well, do not it is a part of hot go ahead yeah it's part of hot shot culture to not speak to the media mm-hmm. they they do not like media and and the thing is it's it's part just the culture and it's sacred in a lot of ways sure you put your head down and do the work but there's also just the way that the media covers wildfire so distorted and absurd uh, you and use the, the you phrase know, you use the phrase uh, you know fire porn uh, in yeah. in the documentary, and I could not agree with you more. And you see, film crews who, who are not interested in the story behind the fire; they're interested in the flames, and they're interested in people screaming, and they're interested in people running away from their homes. And it's 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 pretty disgusting, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, and you, you need to see it up close. I, I, I got so cynical making this picture, being around these people. I really didn't. I didn't want to be one of the guys with the camera because I can't tell you, brother, how many times, you know, I'd be on some fire that turned into an urban conflagration. That's where homes are burning like crazy. Yeah. And some of these stringers, they would come up with their cameras. They would show up where I was, and they would be screaming. They would cheer it on. You like burn, uh, baby, burn. Yeah, I know. There's some of that. There's some of that in this film. Uh, it's yeah. just a remarkable, remarkable uh, work. I, I will be, ladies and gentlemen, for you listening out there, writing about this for the uh, in the Chicago Tribune next Sunday because I think it's an it's not just you know sort of frighteningly compelling. It's great filmmaking, in it, but it's frighteningly compelling. But it is also incredibly enlightening. We'll talk some more with uh, Gabriel Mann, who's sitting somewhere in Italy. Uh, I got another. I, I have the wrong kind of friends because two of my friends are in Italy now. Phil, where are you? Phil Donlin. Uh, somewhere in Middle America. Okay, yeah, that, Chicago. That's yeah. better. That's better suited for you. We got to take a break and get some news in. But <laughs> fellas, stay on the phone because I want to talk more about this all the way to six thirty. Thank you both. The film is Hot Shot. Uh, the website is hotshotmovie.com, and we will be back. Welcome back, uh, and thanks for waiting on the phone, Gabriel Mann and Phil Donlin. Gabriel is the writer, director, cinematographer, 
of a remarkable film called Hotshot. It's his first venture into the world of documentaries, and it's as stunning a film as I can remember seeing. Is it about a group of of people who fight fires without water? That's a that's actually a wonderful way to sort of describe it because it 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 sort of makes your skin crawl and uh, you wonder what kind of bravery these people have. None of them uh, in the movie. Uh, are interviewed. It's one of the few documentaries I've I've ever seen that is wonderfully effective without a bunch of talking heads. I'm assuming uh, Gabriel that uh, they just didn't want to sit there. What they do is they do their job. They don't talk about doing their job, right? Yeah, that's look. That's a big part of it. They just put their nose down and do the work. And so there's two reasons we didn't do interviews. First off, you know, our, our governing principle was show, don't tell. Yes. Some of the stuff that you see, when you see a thousand foot fire tornado, or you see a thousand homes getting nuked all at once, there's no description that can match what it looks like up close. And that's what we did. I mean, we got directly on the fire line with these people. And the other thing is, look, we shot some interviews and, and Phil and I decided eh, there's, there's no place for it in the movie. Yeah. It doesn't belong, and frankly, in order to honor hotshot culture, which is we don't talk to the media, we don't like talking about ourselves, we thought it was only appropriate, uh, even if as just an homage, to to honor that aspect of the culture, which is we don't talk, we're not we're not Hollywood. Yeah. We just go out in the middle of nowhere and we do the work. How did when in in your relationship with this uh, female hotshot? And you're, you have some certain access that, that no other filmmakers, to my mind, have ever had. When did it occur to you? When did you say to yourself, okay, I may have some kind, I may have the seed of a film here? Honestly, <laughs> I had no idea. That's where Phil came in. Yeah. Because, you know, look, I, I just kept, I caught the firebug and I just kept going out there and I was filming for yeah. six years. I was, yeah. I was almost like a malfunctioning robot. <laughs> Anytime there was a fire. And I'm telling you, for six months out of the year, uh, I'd wake up in the morning, get my boots on, put my pants on, and turn on the scanner and just be ready to go wow. anytime there was a fire. Wow. And so I filmed for six years. I've got 32 terabytes of footage. Now what? And mm-hmm. so then Phil sat down with me and helped me figure out how to turn it into a story that actually has character and, and you know, could be congealed and condensed into something that's actually watchable. Um, and, and I think we did a pretty good job. We got it down to about 90 minutes. And, you know, as Phil can attest to, it was a, a heck of a task. No question. No question. I'm, I'm fascinated. And I think one of the one of the things that really gives the film a real serious punctuation and will lead it to you know the eyes of people who might matter is that section on the history uh i found incredibly compelling and i found it uh enlightening because i had not known that i mean uh, how native americans uh they knew what to do there's 10,000 years of wisdom behind how Native Americans yep. manage wildfire in mm-hmm. forests. And I'm not surprised that you liked that segment because, of course, that's the segment where Chicago gets a shout-out. Yeah, a little bit. That's not, yeah, that's not why I like it because I, I prefer the shout-out to Peshtigo, frankly. But, <laughs> no, but I just I found it. I, who, whose idea was that? That's a, that's a brilliant thing because fire is such a compelling visual element of the film. 
and then to get into the history of it, I think that is what elevates this film into something much more profound. So talk to me a little about, you must have done, you must have reasoned, you didn't know this off the top of your head, uh, the sort of history of fire in this country. Well, I did a ton of research, but I will say that it was actually, it was a hot shot on a fire in Yosemite that I went to, and he walked me through his forest on this fire and told me all about how, you know, the old adage in the Yosemite Valley was, you could ride a horse at full gallop straight through the forest in the Yosemite Valley. Now, you can't even see 20 feet into it. Mm. And he explained to me, like, this is because the the Indians who lived here used to burn it out every single year, ritualistically. They saw the benefits of of wildfire and how how the forest needs it. It is nature's cleaning crew. There is nothing that's going to sweep or rake the forest of all that debris that falls every year. And it's it's like if you were were throwing a party, you had one keg, Mm. and you invited 10 people. If you let in a thousand people, nobody's going to have fun. And that's what's happening with the forests out west where there's limited rainfall. If you just let this, this unmitigated growth continue for 100 years and you deprive the forest of the one thing that would clean some of that out, well, now everything's fighting over the same small amount of water. So everything's dying. Mm. So the bark beetles are having their way. And not only is everything drier, but there's more of it. So you have this compounding problem, and that's the reason why the fires are getting so big. It's because we've been removing fire from the landscape. The natives knew over 10,000 years that this is a vital part of the ecosystem. We don't have a fire-adapted ecosystem in the West. We have a fire-dependent ecosystem, and the way we've been doing it is so wrong. And it's that understanding of fire history that sort of unlocks our ability to understand why things are going wrong. That's why we thought it was so vital to include it. You can't understand wildfire today without the history. Yeah, it's not just vital, it's essential. Is there any place on this planet that is doing it right? Florida. So Florida, (laughs) ironically... Ironically is right. Are you kidding? Wow. Yeah. Go ahead. people, People might sort of inherently think, well, Florida gets hammered with hurricanes. Like, First off... Florida is very forested. Secondly, hurricanes create greater fire danger because once you kill a tree, once you knock it over, it's now disconnected from its water supply. And so you might think, oh, well, it rains a lot. Well, look, by the time the sun hits it in the afternoon, it's going to dry out. It's going to be ready to burn. Live fuels are resistant. So a lot of times you'll get hurricanes knocking down all these fuels in Florida, and that leaves them primed for wildfire. But Florida proactively burns 2 million acres Every single year, mm. they put fire on the ground every single day, just about throughout wow. that state. Wow. And so they don't have the same kind of problem that California is having. You know how much California, the state of California has burned this year in a state that needs to burn 4 million acres every year. They've burned 6,500 acres. That's pathetic. It is. And, and it's, it's so obvious to anyone who really understands what's going on. This is the problem. California, in 50 years, has burned less than Florida burns every single year. That's and amazing. So, yeah. Wow. Florida's doing, Florida's doing it right. And Arizona does a pretty decent job. And, of course, you know, the states that are doing a good job of burning proactively, they're not having the same kinds of wildfires that places like California are having. Right. Over the, over the time you spent filming, those six years, and you spent six months each year filming, uh, you you must have been in some terrifying situations, yeah. 
Oh yeah, and you see <laughs> you see several of them in the film. Yeah, no, um, no. I, I don't necessarily identify how close some of those were. Phil is very aware of how how close a few of them were. Um, it, it, I was, it, it, uh, it yeah, I was there for a, a couple of them, and it was uh, I can attest to it. Uh, it was very scary. Yeah, I'll bet. We got to take one more quick break, then I'll come back, and and then you guys will talk for about ten more minutes, and then you can go have a glass of wine in Italy. And Phil, you can do whatever you do. I want to, I want your, I want to get your impression, Phil. When you you obviously knew what Gabriel was up to, but I want to know what it was like when you finally saw it. So we'll be back with uh, Gabriel Mann and Phil Donlin talking about Hotshot. The website is hotshotmovie.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm talking to uh, Gabriel Mann, who is in Italy. He's the writer, director, and cinematographer. And Phil Donlin, who is somewhere in the middle of America. He's the producer of an enlightening, frightening documentary that everybody should see we are not we are, this is a place famous for fire but that fire was a very very long time ago and wildfires as you know if you watch the news are afflicting parts of this country especially california their m- movie is available is it it's available download at hotshotmovie.com yes fellas it is yes absolutely and then and amazon starting in october right Yes, Amazon, right. Apple, Voodoo, Google Play, um, but you can sort of like pre-order the movie now, so to speak, on on the off the website. You know, see it early. But well, it's streaming a good, everywhere. It's also it's also a very good website, HotShotMovie.com. Phil, when exactly did you get involved in this? I mean, you obviously are friends with uh, Gabriel, and so you knew what he was doing. You knew who his girlfriend was, maybe. Uh, yeah. You maybe tried to steal her, knowing you. Uh, but you. Yeah, you're welcome. I, you know, Gabriel, <laughs> Gabriel knows you, too. Uh, when, when did you first, when did you, you said, hey, what are you doing? And then, obviously, at some point, go, you know, maybe I'd, I'd love to see that. And you saw your your first wildfire. Yes, is that how it happened, or did, was it when? Yeah, no, absolutely. He just sort of casually called me. He was already. I would say I was brought in about halfway through making the picture, mm-hmm. and you know, he sort of said, "Look, I didn't really set out to make a documentary. Uh, I was just sort of shooting footage." He was following Justine, and I got to know Justine more as we made the picture because I went on a lot of like the hikes with the hotshot crew wow. even on their downtime put on the gear did all that stuff with Gabe we <clears throat> we did the hotshot you know fire hikes um and and he called and he said I want you to help me with this and I was sort of like well why I mean why would you ask me I mean I you know I don't know anything about this so I was grateful to be asked and to be brought along for the ride. Gabe, Gabe is a is a brilliant filmmaker, so I was sort of learning as we were going. I was I would say it was during the pandemic. Uh-huh. Um, I was looking at footage, and then what I would do is sometimes sleep at Gabe's house, sometimes for a few few days, and he would just wake me up because he would sit up and listen to the radio. Yeah, yeah. And he would wake me up, and he'd go, 
should we go to this fire? You know, it's like 3.45 in the morning. Wow. And, they, you know, I was like, you know, we had just killed a bottle of whiskey. And I'm going, well, I, I, yeah. we could continue to sleep. And he's like, but maybe we should go to this fire. So we would, so we would get in the, uh, in the picture van, which is basically, it's a Mercedes, you know, sprinter van that's outfitted. Mm-hmm. And we would drive to these fires and we would go at all sorts of hours. Um, and we would, we would meet up with the hotshot crews and we would, we would go in and I had, I wore everything the hotshots were wearing. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, there was sometimes, I mean, the only way I can describe it, Rick, was I thought I'm literally in Friedkin's Sorcerer. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was, it was that, I mean, we're driving the Sprinter van on, on these little, like access roads and the tires are hanging off the edge. And if yeah. we topple over, we're dead, wow. you know, so it was, yeah, it was, you know, really a, a very intense experience, but learned a lot. And, and then, you know, the iterations of this were many, I mean, we were in post for a while on yeah, this, I'm sure. trying to find the story and shape it. Cause I mean, all of the footage, it's hard to say, wow, it's beautiful. Yeah. Because it's, you know, there's a lot of death. It's deadly, deadly. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Let me ask the two of you, in knowing these hotshots as well as you do, uh, let me ask you frankly, do you think they're they're nuts? Seriously. 100%. Yeah, you have to be nuts. But so are we as filmmakers. I mean, you sort of have to be a little off to do either, frankly. So it was sort of a really nice pairing. Yeah, I mean they they certainly are doing good work. I mean they're they're like you know the emergency room nurses or something trying, trying to be. But there's got to be something that compels them beyond altruism. You know, don't you think? Yeah. Well, there is, and here's here's the craziest part, honestly. Mm-hmm. And and you see this in the in the picture. The the Forest Service doesn't even classify them as firefighters. I know they that's horrifying. Forestry technicians, yeah, and their pay is so they don't so pay them. Low. Yeah, it's, yeah, right. It is absurd, and they just haven't adapted it to the level of sacrifice that these people make. And what's so crazy, and you know, it's almost serendipitous in a, in a pretty awful way we're coming up on this next week congress is about to run into a fiscal pay cliff where they're going to be cutting the pay of these hot shots by 50 percent come october 1st Mm. and 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 the thing is it's like there's just no support in congress right now and this was why we we made the website to be able to stream the movie right right the october 2nd release date because Look, it takes a while to get it on Amazon and Apple. Yeah, sure, and sure. So they're going to have it out on the second, but the pay cliff hits on the first. Wow! And so we put it on our website because we've been doing a lot of advocacy work behind the scenes, trying to get to some of these congressmen and senators to understand that what's going to happen if they don't pass something to raise their pay come October first. I, from my contacts in the Forest Service, I would easily say sixty percent. We'll uh, the wildland we'll firefighter workforce is going to quit. Wow, yeah. that's just tragic. And, and that, by the way, one thing to note that I learned that I thought was fascinating is hotshots are not paid as firefighters. I know. They are paid as forestry technicians, right. which blew my mind. And there's a huge pay gap. 
Yeah. No, I mean, that is articulated. I, th- I thought that was wonderfully articulated in the movie. Uh, are you guys... I, I, can you can you make back whatever money you spent making this thing? Is that at all possible? <laughs> I highly well, doubt it. You know, Rick, um, Hollywood, Rick, yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm ha- yeah, I'm happy you brought that up because I do want everybody to know that, we, like, we decided to go super grassroots, like Mel Gibson style here, you know, and just do it ourselves because we had a very hard t- time distributors and sales agents, no one could figure out the picture. Exactly. You know, because no one could figure it out. And and really, credit to Gabe, he just said, you know, screw it. We're doing it ourselves. And that's, you know, why right now with you on the radio is so important, you know, because, you know, we don't don't have a marketing budget. You know, we, we yes, self-financed, you know, so, you know, that's the... Well, but I think you guys, I, which, you know, one thing about it, fellas, and you'll read this when I write about it, is is uh, you can both be very, very proud of what you've done. I have never seen a movie like this. I know that on YouTube there are snatches of, of uh, you know, hotshot uh, clips and stuff like that, but, but you bring up that whole attitude of... Uh, of fire porn, which the media uh, is is uh, abuses, just abuses. Uh, Phil, I'm I'm ever proud of you, whatever you do. And Gabe, it's a pleasure to meet you. And uh, I'll I'll be in touch probably tomorrow and get some more information and write this story for all of you people out there who still get the Tribune. There are four hundred thousand of you who get the Tribune on Sunday. Read about this. Uh, then congratulations you guys it's a remarkable it's a remarkable film a remarkable thank film. you Rick. take care thank both you for of sharing you. Take, it means don't it means be so silly. much thank you don't be silly it's yeah. really <laughs> thank remarkable. you Rick. hotshotthemovie.com